Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. And I say with me, as always, because I was not here last week, and I'm sorry. Show must go on. I made it go on. We we worked. We worked it out. Yeah. Sorry. I really liked the games you talked about last week, and I would have loved to talk about them. I can't believe you did that without me. I, I wasn't going to change topics. I'd already been thinking about doing that one. So, like, it's just the way it worked. The way it worked. My best friend had her birthday, and so I went to visit her, and we had, like, a whirlwind day last week, and our, I was running our kids everywhere because cheerleading has started in full force for our youngest and she wanted to do that this year and school started this week for a lot of people at least here in Ohio I know um, in a lot of other places a lot of kids don't start until after Labor Day and then I know our neighboring state Indiana a lot of kids started like at the beginning of August so we are now in full school mode here Yay! (laughs) Which actually works better for our recording schedule because while our kids are gone during the day, we like to record. Yeah, it just makes life easier. Um, We don't have to stay up as late. I don't have to edit as late. It just just works out. It does. So hopefully less interruptions, less um, late pushes of new episodes, all of that because school started. Except school starts for me next week. I start back to teaching. Um... Which is a whole nother beast in and of itself. So <laughs> maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But summer is over for us here. Yeah. Yeah. Blessing. I mean, bittersweet, I guess. It's bittersweet. Yes. No more nice weather, but the kids are back at school. So that's good. No, we definitely have nice weather. Like this is the the weather I like is coming. We're coming into fall. That is my favorite season. Football that's is starting. True. My favorite thing. Like so many good things happen in the fall. That's true. That is true. Including this podcast, which will continue. Yeah, it happens all seasons, <laughs> all four seasons. It's true. It's true. Um, so I want to talk about some crowdfunding today. I only have a couple things, and both these are really light kind of games, but they seem pretty fun. Um, so both these are on Kickstarter. I looked a little bit at GameFound. <sighs> I was like, oh, look at this. This looks like an interesting one. Oh, yeah. I heard about this game. And I'm like, oh, because it says it's like an open pledge manager. But it's not really like the campaign is not going on right now. But I guess you could late pledge. (sighs) I am too old (laughs) to change up websites. Oh, my goodness. Um, So I'm just going to talk from Kickstarter today. I've got two. One, um, I believe some of you mentioned before and have played this game because it's um, an English edition of a Japanese game. It's called 535. Um, This actually reminds me of many games that I've played with just a regular deck of cards. Um, The names of any of those do not come to my mind right now. But (laughs) this is like a trick to... Not trick taking, but um, you're laying cards in tricks. They call them melts. Uh, gosh, what is the game that is like this? So the cards are really cute. They've got numbers 1 to 13, I believe. And you are playing cards in groups. You can Whoever leads the trick, they can play a group of one, two, or three cards. And they, they say of a legal meld type, which I think means of the same number. Isn't that like hand and foot that does melds? Yeah, but the melds are different. Oh. This really is like making 
making like a pile, a play pile is what this looks like. And so then after you, after that person plays, like let's say they play two threes, the next person can play one, two, or three cards of the same meld type, equal size, and greater strength than the central meld. So if you play two threes, I have to play two fours or two fives or um, two elevens, whatever. Um, another thing you could do is just add to the cards that are there. So if someone played two threes, I could add another three to go on to what's down there. So you're trying to, you're going to go until um, a player cannot or chooses not to play cards. They'll pass. Um, and so they can't play any more cards onto the trick. So what you're trying to do is get rid of all your cards. It reminds you kind of like bull crap, but you're actually showing the cards that you're playing. In some ways, there is another game that's like this, and I honestly can't remember the name of it. I sure don't know. But they called it. I said hand and foot, and that was all I got. Yeah, that's not right. They called it a card climbing game, which I think is interesting. Um, and then there's like the artwork is really cute. They have like, they're called they're like weather cards. So instead of suits, it's like different types of weather. Like one's sunny, one's rainy. I, there might be more to it, but it does seem like a really fit quick you know, fast, like just card playing game that, you know, I think you could easily play with your kids. Um, again, I'm always looking for games that take like things that are familiar to people and make them, you know, a little bit different or uh, challenge them to try different kinds of games. So they just are, their eyes are opened. There's another, a whole, there's whole other worlds of games out there. And so 535 kind of looks like that. So if you're interested, if you like card games, cute games check it out um there's five days left on the kickstarter and it's 20 bucks yeah sounds cool i like those types of games like teach you is one where you're trying to do stuff like that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's very familiar um just an easy one and you know really inexpensive the next one is i i think maybe a little more interesting to me because the theme is so cool and it's called junk drawer now i will probably hate this game in real life but conceptually I like that this is a theme we don't have. So everyone has the dreaded junk drawer. Um, that it's just everything gets shoved in there that has no place else to go. Um, old keys and I always kept scissors in the junk drawer and cords that you don't know where they belong and change ends up there. All kinds of stuff. So in the game junk drawer, you get a drawer and you get like I think 21 pieces of junk. And there's four different sections of your junk drawer. And uh, at the beginning of a game, you get a card, like a um, an organizing goal for each section. And I couldn't see, I, I wanted to look and see what the organizing, what kinds of organizing goals existed. Like um, to maximize the number of objects in a drawer. And so all your pieces of junk are different like polyomino tiles, which sounds like a nightmare to me. But it makes sense when you're trying to insert stuff into a junk drawer because everything's different sizes and that sort of thing. So at in each round, you turn out four cards. So each round, you will place one piece of junk that's on the, one of those four cards into a different section. So only one piece of junk can go into each section each round. And it's the four that come out. And they're all different sizes. So you're trying to put them where they can help you meet the goals. Um, Like maybe you want to keep interior squares open in a drawer or you want to cover the most squares 
or um, you want to get the corners of empty, empty squares. So you're trying, but you don't know what's going to come out in the next round. And you can only place those four pieces of junk and only one can go in each section of the four sections in your drawer during a round. So it's like super tricky because once you can't fit in a piece into a section of your drawer, you're done organizing and you're then done for the game. I just think that sounds so interesting. Like it is super like just a fun little puzzle. If I actually liked the only thing that I think I could handle this game is that you put the piece in and you can rotate it, move it around. Like I don't have to conceptualize where it goes before I place it. So I think maybe this wouldn't be so bad for me since my brain doesn't work quite that way. Yeah, I think most polyomino games you can do that. It's fine. Yeah, but it looks different. This is um, from David Smith, who I know has done many other things, right? I, I don't know. He's not ringing a bell okay. to me. Th- that name sounded familiar. Maybe I just know someone whose name is David Smith. <laughs> I don't... Didn't you sh- didn't you share a cube with some guy named David Smith at your old job? Mm, I don't think his last name. I don't think his first name was David. It was Mark. Yeah, I looked up David Smith. He's only done another game called Ten Gallon Tank. Okay, so I made it up. But hey, David Smith, your name sounds like you have designed other stuff. So hey, <laughs> sounds great. It's a good name. Good name. <laughs> yeah. So this game is for one to four players. It does play pretty quick because you're just fitting these four pieces of junk in it each round. And once you can't fit. And like some of these are like odd s- space tiles. Um, you know, that that's it. That's the end. And you total up your scoring. So... It looks fun, quick, and a really fun theme. Like, I like that. And I I know I have a lot of friends that really like polyominoes. So check out Junk Drawer. There are six days left in that Kickstarter, and it's 35 bucks. Yeah, sounds cool. I'm not opposed to it. Sounds interesting. I'm not not opposed to it. What does that mean? I don't know. I just, polyominoes is not really my jam. So... For what for a polyomino game, it sounds sounds kind of interesting. And we've all done the experience of organizing a junk drawer, so there is that. It's like you're halfway there to know how to play the game. Exactly. That's why I think it's fun. It's like really accessible theme that you don't see very often, but it is necessary. Like everyone has to organize the junk drawer. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. So that's what I have for crowdfunding. All right, so let's move on to some games that we played. So this week's a little different. We're going to have one game that we played together, and then we'll each have a game that we didn't play with the other person just so we can have some games to talk about. Hmm. So the first game that we did play together, we've talked about before, but it's been a while, and we just recently replayed it, and it is called Wasteland Express Delivery Service. Now, up at the top, I'm just going to say that I'm two for two on this game. I'm awesome at winning this game. No one can beat me, so there is that. But in this game, what you're doing is you are basically running a truck or as a delivery service in the post-apocalyptic wasteland, hence the name. And you're trying to get food, weapons, and water to deliver those to different areas of the board. That's part of it. You're also trying to maybe fight these, um, these rogue bad guy trucks to steal some of their stuff to put it on your truck. You're trying to upgrade your truck so you have more spaces to put things, maybe better weapons, let you roll more dice and all that kind of thing. And you're ultimately trying to, in order to win the game, you're trying to uh, fulfill three like priority first class delivery types or, or contracts. And that can be, you know, deliver certain things to certain places. That can be do so many of these types of um, deliveries. 
uh, go defeat the trucks a certain amount of time, go to this place and back, all that, a whole bunch of random stuff. And you're trying to be the first player to do all that stuff three times, to do these three different things, and you're trying to just be efficient, upgrade, and that. There's no points, it's just a race to do the, the goal first. Uh, it has cool bits. I'm not usually into bits, but these trucks are cool. You can store uh, the goods on the, the bad guy trucks. There's a lot of different factions of cards that you can pull from to try to get uh, contracts that you want. When you fight the bad guy trucks, you're going to flip a card. You have to roll some dice to try to beat that. I don't normally love that, but it works in this game, and it gives you that little bit of randomness because the game's not super random, so that just gives you a little bit of randomness. Um, I like this game a lot. It's really fun. Um, definitely one that I'm never going to say no to playing because I really like it. So Wasteland Express. So how'd you feel about Wasteland Express delivery service play number two? Um, I, I like this game. Um, I'm never going to win because I don't care about the end game goals. <laughs> like I'm, I'm really terrible at games where it's like a race to whatever. I don't, I don't like that. Um, like euphoria like I, I i don't like games like that so i mean yeah i guess i like it it's just i'm playing to work on my like personal goals and so i don't like that i can't get points for like doing things because you do you get to put your little standee out there i don't like that i can't get you- points for doing things <laughs> that are just like that unless it's one of these like specific goals, like three goals or whatever, where you happen to randomly draw one that's another fancy goal, which I never do, um, you don't get anything. So I'm like trying to do stuff during the game and I am doing things, but I'm not getting anything for it. And so I, I really don't like that part of it. But I, but the game is fun. So I'd like them to change like, scoring completely. To get victory points for things so that it's like a regular game. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. Like, it does seem like you're doing all this work and you're basically getting like, if you can look at it like three points, it's like the first person to three points. Uh, but, yeah. but then also do all these other things for which you will get no points. I, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's an it's a means to an end. That's what those other things are. And I don't, I don't like that. I, I don't. I don't like that. So I'm kind of torn. Like I, I like the game, and I like I want to play it, and I want to do these things. Um, I don't know. I think my my only issue with games like this is kind of what I did on this last game is someone is getting ready to win, and all of a sudden someone else jumps in the way. They can they do a couple things, win the game, and then the game's over. So the ending can sometimes feel anticlimactic, and I don't necessarily love that. But outside of that, I I enjoy trying to beat everybody to get the stuff done and. You know, the the path that it takes to do all that. I enjoy that. Yeah, like, I, I think it's fun. I do, yeah, I just don't like that. Like, I feel like we, I prefer games where we are all able to do these different things. And then um, at some point we could, like, we, you do what you want. See, again, this goes back to the fact that I don't like games that, like, make me have to do one thing. I want games that... I can do my own thing. You can do your own thing. And then we'll count the points and see how it went. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You just don't like the, like, you, yeah, you don't like that type of game anyway. I don't like, like people uh, telling Istanbul. me what to do, I think, is my well, issue. Well, Istanbul, 
Istanbul, you're racing to get five gems or whatever. Euphoria, you're trying to get stars out. Uh, Viticulture, you're racing to get to 20 points. You just don't like that that mechanism. So it's fine. Yeah. It's just, yeah. The gameplay is fun, and, and I like it. I just wish it was a different, you know, thing like that. Yeah, you could probably make it into points. Yeah, I don't know how you would because I'm not a game designer, but yeah, it could probably be done. I would change, then I would just it would just be a different game, I guess. <laughs> yeah, just play a different game then. <laughs> All right, so the next game is one that we played on the same day, but Katie was doing the cheerleading stuff with the kid. And um, this game is a game you can get at Target. I played it with our friends Chris and Amy, and it's called Sidekicks. I don't, did you see us playing any of this? Uh, just a little bit, yeah. So this is uh, a game. It's a cooperative game where players are taking on the role of one of the, the main Disney character sidekicks. So, for example, Peter Pan. I was Tinkerbell because that's his sidekick. Um, someone else was Lumiere. I think that's how you say it. Lumiere. Belle's sidekick uh, or Beast side, whatever. And then uh, Abu was the other character, which is Aladdin's sidekick. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to rescue your hero from the center of this board, and you're trying to fight off the villain of the certain hero. So we had Jafar, we had Gaston, and we had Captain Hook that we were trying that were trying to slap us around to keep us from rescuing our our hero. Uh, so the way the game works is you're going to be flipping a bad guy card. They're going to do some stuff, move around the board, put some um, some like um, villagers out that you got to rescue, maybe some guards. They might attack you, and just attacking is rolling dice, and if you get hit, you get hit. If not, you don't. And then you get to take a turn. You get a certain amount of action points that you can do things. You can rescue uh, villagers. You can fight guards. You can fight any of the bad guys on the board. And the way that players win is they have to rescue all of their heroes and defeat at least one of the big bads. So there was three out. We had to kill one. So you're trying to unlock the get these keys unlocked by spending stars so you can get to a bridge to rescue your your hero you're trying to defeat a villain all while trying to stay alive and not get overrun because there's multiple ways to lose just that one way to win so yeah it's fine it's it's an interesting game it was really hard uh we were even playing it a little bit wrong to make it easier and it was still hard um but it's one that i would definitely like to play again because i i thought the premise was cool and it was it it was kind of like pandemic ish same kind of deal uh you get action points do that thing try to do the best you can but it was fun and you know, who doesn't want to play as Tinkerbell? You should. Everybody should because it's awesome. Mm. So that is Sidekicks. Fun game that I would definitely play again. Well, I yeah, I came in late. My game that I played, I mean, I realize I talk about this game a lot, but I haven't played it for a while. And I don't know if I've discussed it for a while. And that's Consulting Detective. Um, I'm currently playing through the Baker Street Irregulars, which isn't the newest version of consulting detective there is one out there that i don't yet have but it's got cthulhu in it it's in america I, it only has six cases instead of 10 i mean i'll still get it obviously but i'm a little t- <laughs> i'm a little torn um but my friends uh athena and i we played we finished a case about the three customers and then we did another case um that actually was like we were both crying at the end um this is a much, this is, I mean, this came out fairly recently, the Baker Street Regulars set, and there's some really, there's some good writing. 
I've been impressed because I know a lot of people like dog the original and yeah, there's some translation issues and that um, the the Whitechapel one, the Jack the Ripper set, I think was my favorite. It was really good, really well done. Um, but this one is pushing it. There's some interesting mechanisms in this one. Or before, if you happen to get lucky and turn to a, a number in your directory, um, you could find out information without really knowing that you found, knowing that you should have gone there to find out information in some ways. With the Baker Street Irregulars, you have a series, you have letters of the alphabet. And when you go to certain places and you find out kind of like a clue, it'll tell you to circle a certain letter. And then when you turn to certain places, if you don't have that letter circled, you find out nothing. So it really forces you to walk yourself through um, the case to really think about what do we need to know in order to find out these other things, um, which was really good. The last one we did was about Wiggins, who's like basically the head of the Baker Street Irregulars. And it had to do with his mom. And he was, you know, he he was an orphan. Like just, I, I w- it was, it was really it was hard. It pulled on your heartstrings. Like it was good. And also, um, you know, we had to really think through a good deduction. Like, okay, we need to find out about this person's past. How do we do that? We can't go to where they grew up. Well, who can tell us something that we might need to know or what could possibly have happened so we can go check out a place that might give us that kind of key information. Um, again, I know people don't like this because it is a lot of reading. Um, I think they've trimmed it down like it used to be the newspapers that you got were front and back. Now there's only front and they do put a lot of information that could help you in the little snippets. There's a lot less, I think, filler articles in there. Um, Makes it more direct. Someone told me there was an app I thought that would read stuff to you. I haven't looked into that because I don't mind reading. Um, But man, like, yes, you have to use your brain. You have to use logic. Um, one of the ones we did, we had to go through train timetables and hit the right train and keep track of how much time it took so we knew what trains we could take. Um, we play this game a little bit loosely because we're just trying to solve it. It's all about brain power. Like, can we figure out what happened? There's a series of questions, like probably six to eight. I would, Well, maybe eight to ten questions at the end of every case, and you get points for solving them. Again, we don't keep track of our leads, don't keep track of points necessarily, but we're still trying to solve the case and be as concise as we can. And ah, it just is such the feel of real detective work. I know it's reading. I get it. Jason can't stand it, but wow, it's so good. I still love Consulting Detective. The Breaker Street Irregular set is is really good. Um, I think I liked it better than the Carlton House, which is the one in between this and the Jack the Ripper set or the Weston murder mysteries or something yeah west end adventures yeah but yeah it was it was really good <laughs> like i said my friend and i cried because it was really it, i mean that's how well written it was so and how invested we were in the case yeah that's fun <sighs> i mean i don't think i'd be it's interested just, in the sidekicks game because it's so mean so you're not interested in this one it's fine yeah it, it's not it's just too much reading like like you said there's, it's too much reading. That's just not a game that I want to play. I've talked about that so many times. Just the game is probably good if you're into that. I'm just not into that, so it's just not my thing. Have you played a case before with me? Yeah, I play. I played one of the Jack the Ripper ones. I think with you. Okay. 
So I have played it, so I am talking from experience. It's not that I haven't played it. I have played one, and that's probably where I'll stay. <laughs> All right, fine. Yep, so the, those are the games we played. Or is that your line? No, that's fine. You you can do it. It's good. It's all good. Well, I usually introduce the next segment, so I just keep talking. But I guess we already established that you only do 30% of the podcast talking, and I do <laughs> 70%. It's true. Hmm, sorry. I'm sure last week was much shorter without me on it. It was 30 minutes. Wow, that's impressive for you. I know. that. That's, the, that's what I said in the subtitle, that even without Katie, Jason managed to talk for 30 minutes. <laughs> I'm sure we're already at 30 minutes. Yep. We're at 26 we're, we're minutes right now. We're just about there. Yeah. Okay, so this week we're continuing what's on the shelf, and I think this is the last section of the shelf that we're working on right now. Uh, no? Well, no, we have a group of six here, but... Oh. Uh yeah. So there's it's two shelves of three. So I, I went left to right and then I'm from top to bottom. So we have three more still. Okay. Much like Jason's categorizing and placing of things on shelf, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing still. It's just madness. We're just going with it. It's madness. Well so he said, Oh, we're not gonna do just like weeks and weeks and weeks of what's on the shelf. We're gonna break it up once we finish the shelf. I thought we were about to finish the shelf, but now he's doing it some other way I don't understand. Yeah, no one no one does. It's fine. Okay, great. So we're just looking at a shelf. I don't know why. I don't know how, but we are. <laughs> just go with this it. This is in the section of our game room that has a lot of two-player games. Not all of the ones today are two-player games, but um, these are, again, it's just a little shelf with lots of smaller games, which you know I really love. Uh, so Jason's going to start off with a game that I actually haven't played, which we're not surprised. All right. So the first game on this shelf that I'm going to talk about is actually a game that we did back on Kickstarter. And I backed it on Kickstarter only because I wanted the playmat to go with the Big Brother game called Fantastica. And this game is called Rival Realms. So this is a two-player version of the game Fantastica, kind of. Uh, it's set by a version, I mean, it's set in the same universe with the same art. But what you're doing in this game is you have little standees and you're playing cards from your hand to build up a ter like terrain types and you have to play them in like numerical order. You can skip numbers, you just can't, you know, play something that's between two numbers to the right or the left. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to be able to move your standee across this terrain to complete quests that need certain types of terrain. And you might set up some monsters you might do some other things i haven't played it in a long time but that's the gist of it playing cards and then using those cards to complete quest that's it it has cool art because i like the art from fantastica it's probably not everybody's jam but i like it and it's, it's a fun little two-player game and there it is so rival realms yeah i have not played this fantastica just hasn't hit well the last couple times we've played it i'm in uh i played it with brandon at two and it's way better at two haven't we played it at two before? No, I think we've only played it at three and four before that. Hmm. Okay. I disagree. I don't know. There's just some things about uh, about it that I thought mechanically were a little clunky, and I didn't like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's clunky for sure. I'm not saying that it's not clunky, but I do like it. Is Ravel Rums better? I guess not, since you really haven't played it that much. Uh, yeah, it, it's smoother. Okay. It's smoother, because it's not a deck builder. It plays differently. It's smoother, it's faster, but, I mean, it's a different beast. Mm. Just, I, I forget about it a lot, just because we have so many games. And then 
I see it. I'm like, oh yeah, I would like to play that again. And then that's that's where it stays. Yeah. I know. We'll have to work on that. Because um, Fantasca is okay. I just would like it a little smoother. Maybe if I can somehow merge Rival Realms and Fantastica, then I'd find my perfect game. Maybe. Yeah. Um, the next one on the shelf is one that I really like. We played this many times, and it is, I believe, a two-player only. Yeah, two-player only. Yep. Game, and that is Mr. Jack Pocket. We do not have the big brother, right, Mr. Jack? Right. Yeah, this is the only one we have. Um, But I don't even know if I want it based on Mr. Jack Pocket. I know, right? Um, this has got, uh, this is a Catala and Ludovic Moblanc game, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. It's, I haven't looked it up, Catala. but that sounds right. It's definitely Bruno for sure. Well, the interesting thing is if you look it up on BGG, the description, it says from Bruno Faduti's site, but it's a Catala game. <laughs> Whoops, so some, somebody's getting fired. Somebody at VGG uh, needs to check that out. Um, but the, it's a really cool game. It's a little card game. You make um, a, a three by three grid, so nine cards. At the center of each card, not every card, but a center of the cards, there are these characters. And the cards have streets on them. And you can move these streets so that different intersections touch. And that's really kind of the, the basis of the game. Because one player is Mr. Jack. The other player controls Sherlock and Watson and a dog. I'm assuming it's Toby because that's. Yeah, that, that sounds right. Yeah, The dog yeah. Sherlock works with. Um, again, I love Sherlock Holmes. So, of course, I'm like, yes, please. And what happens is it's a like a hidden, hidden move. Not really hidden movement. It's a deduction game because you're trying to figure out who of the characters on the board is Mr. Jack. Yeah, there's no movement, really, because the characters don't move around a ton. But, but the streets yeah. do. So streets it's do. not only, like, do you have to figure out as, like, the detective who, which of the characters is Mr. Jack? Um, but you also have to be able to see them. So Mr. Jack is turning the streets. And maybe I think he can even move the detectives as part of his movement. No, maybe not. Yeah, you can. Yes, you can move a detective around. Yeah, yeah. You can turn a card. You can swap some cards, um, and then you have like these cards, alibi cards that you can draw, which I don't remember those very well. Yeah, Mister Jack is trying to get these um, man, um, uh, hourglasses. If they can get enough hourglasses, meaning they've fooled the detectives long enough, they win the game. So they're getting alibis to buy them um, time. Keep. Yes, and to keep the detectives from not having additional information. The more cards they have, the less cards the detective can look at to figure stuff out. Because if a detective sees that card, they can flip that piece of the road down, and it makes the board smaller and harder for Mr. Jack to hide. Yeah, so it's just like this really neat, like, timed game where you're... And you can make it, like, I think there's ways to make it easier or harder. It's like you can play with just, like, Holmes or Holmes and Watson, or if you play all three, like, that makes it a little bit easier as a detective. But it is like you're just trying to turn. You're like, oh, please don't move here. Like, I hope they don't get that card. Like, let me switch the street around. Like, oh, they're about to see me. So let me block the street off so they can't. It's like a lot of tension for just like little nine card grid. Um, but I I really like that. There's four actions in each round. So like player, it's like, I don't want to say snake, but in some ways it is snake turning. So the first player takes one action. Second player takes two. First player takes the last one. Um, 
So it is like, who are they going to do? Like, how do I get them? Like, it's just really fun. And it's a little tiny square box game. Um, Just some cards like that's really it. But it's such a good two player game. It is like really cheap. Um, While the geek market lasts, there's a $10 copy on there that's like new. Um, You can get on Amazon for less than $20. It's just like a fun little game. If you like the bigger version, but you're like, I want to be able to take it somewhere or I want to play it with two players um, in in a more manageable time frame, I would definitely suggest Mr. Jackpocket because it is really fun every time we played it. Yeah, I like it. I just played it with Brandon not that long ago and it was it was still good. Still good. And it plays real quick so you can play another game or it can be a filler or you're like, oh, that was good. Let's try it again. Or let me try let me try as Mr. Jack and then let me try as Sherlock. Yeah, because they do feel different. Mm-hmm. They they feel a lot different, yeah. All right, so the next game on the shelf is another small box game. Well, the version we have, there's a new reprint that's a little bit bigger, but we have a smaller first edition one and it's called Matcha. Or matcha, I don't know how you say matcha. it. But it's a, it's a game about making tea. Another two-player only game. And the way this game works is I haven't played it for a long time. And I think I've only played it once. Have you played this one? I don't think so. I wanted it, but I don't think yeah, I played it. Yeah, I don't know if you played it. But I played it once. And what you're doing, it's kind of like a, a tug-of-war type of thing where players are playing cards down to these five different like people who are wanting to make tea. And then at the end of the the round, you're gonna if there's a card played on one side, that person flips it. As long as they make a match with the type of stuff that the person wants, then they get an ingredient to make their tea. If there's multiple cards, you're gonna do like a hierarchy of the type of card that the person wants. It could be number, could be suit, all that kind of thing. And then there's like a hierarchy of what beats what and all that. And all you're trying to do is get these different ingredients to make some tea. And the ingredients are these cool little wooden bits. And if you can do that first, you're the winner. It's a quick game. It's like three rounds or something. It's super fast, but it's enjoyable. And those are the two player games that I like where you're kind of like trying to think that, trying to outthink your opponent. I, I enjoy that. It's fun. And matcha does that. So that is matcha. Yeah, I was really interested in this, which is why I think we bought it because the components for just this tiny little game are insane they're so cool all these different parts of a tea set um and yeah we do like those kind of out thinking type of games so i i'm really interested in in trying this one out finally (laughs) since i haven't um the next one i talk about i thought it was two players but it's not (laughs) it can play a lot of players like up till nine but a lot of people really like it at two. And that game is noir. So they call us the de- deductive mystery game, which is true. Um, the neat thing about noir is there are several different types of games inside one game. So many of them are two player. Like the most popular one is killer versus inspector. Um, so there's these secret identities um, the inspector has secret identity, the killer has secret identity. So the killer is going around killing off people, hoping to kill off the inspector while the inspector is trying to arrest the killer. But you don't know their identities. So you're using kind of all the same cards over and over again with in different ways, which I think is really cool. Um, I just that just makes a lot of sense to me. I think that's smart and then keeps the game small. A lot of people made different versions of this. I've seen online with like famous people or or whatever, because you can, you know, 
play it, you know, in 15 minutes or whatever, but you're really just trying to find like hidden identities. In some ways, it reminds you a little bit of Mr. Jackpocket, um, some of the different games that are on there. All very lightweight, um, all very like quick about the same types of um ways to play it just with the minor differences so once you learn one to learn the others it's not that hard so that's like six games in one box level 99 does some really interesting things i think they've got had some cool little games and i noir is definitely one of them i also love like the noir look um to books and games and movies and stuff and this one has that as well so each game super quick five to 15 minutes and just like a 54 card deck so you can take it lots of places and there's lots of variety so i really like this one and it's noir yeah this is a good one i'd like to try some of those other games because i think we've only played the inspector whatever that one is i thought we played another at least one more but i'm it's been a while for sure maybe yeah it's been a long time all right so the next one is actually going to be a box that has two games in it but one is the older version of this new game, and it's called School of Sorcery, and we also have Institute of Magical Arts in that box. This is a two-player-only game from Dr. Finn. Basically, Harry Potter. You're, it's a Harry Potter-themed game, but without Harry Potter. And you're trying to basically become the best teacher in this either Institute of Magical Art or School of Sorcery, and you're doing that by bidding on some cards. You're trying to acquire these cards to get a certain amount of points, Whoever has the most points is the winner. That's the gist of it. Um, auction, set collection type of game. And some of the cards will give you special abilities to make life easier for you, help you out. But that's it. I really like this game. I like the original one. Dr. Finn sent us the new one for a review. And it, it's basically the same, but it has a little bit better art. So, But I still wanted to keep the old one. That's why they're in the same box. But good game. Not one we play a ton, but definitely one that I enjoy. And that is School of Sorcery slash Institute of Magical Arts. I don't love this game because Jason always freaking wins it. I think that's part of why it's so irritating to me. I'm like, come on. Um, but yeah, I, I like it's it's like what would happen if Professor McGonagall and Professor Snape battled it out to see who would take over after Dumbledore? Like that's honestly what the yeah. theme feels like. It's definitely b- it made with Harry Potter in mind. It just isn't Harry Potter themed. <laughs> yeah. But you're yeah, you're trying to get these different things. I, I I like it. It's not super deep. So I think if you keep that in mind, you know, it is a good game. The next game is, I feel, an odd game for us. I'm honestly surprised we still have this. I think it's just because it's so dang adorable <laughs> with the yeah, artwork. I, I just I just like the way it looks and the dice and all that stuff, I think. <laughs> so the game is Tiny Ninjas. And Tiny Ninjas is like a, a 1v1. So this is a two-player only battle royale kind of game you are a ninja duking out against another ninja the cool thing about this is you use the box for the gameplay you keep the cards in there there's these really cool little like markers that keep everyone's health in line and you can roll the dice right inside it the artwork is absolutely adorable all the ninjas are so stinking cute and they're tiny um but yeah you're a ninja you're fighting another you're fighting with other ninjas you are checking dice to see how your cards worked out you can play cards as either attack or defense which i think is really cool um how do, that you can use them in either way so i love multi-use cards um 
it's not the greatest game because we don't like direct attacking kind of games like that. But it is super cute. It's nice and small and compact. Um, so I, I think that a lot of people who do like those fighting games should check this one out. So that's Tiny Ninjas. Yeah, there are a couple of these games that I like. And I think I like this one doesn't bother me because it's like 10 minutes. And <laughs> like it looks cute and it's mostly just play cards and roll some dice. But yeah, that's. For some reason, I like to look at this one, so I kept it on the shelf. All right, so the next one is a game from Gray Fox, and this might have been one of the first ones that we got from them. If not one of the first, if not the first, it's one of the first, and it is Seven Ronin. And this is a two-player-only game where one player is taking on the ninjas and one player is taking on the Ronin. And the Ronin are trying to defend the town from the ninjas, and the ninjas are trying to kill as many Ronin as as they can to win. And that's kind of how the game goes, but it's asymmetric roles. You're going to have a player screen and you're going to basically program your movement of where you, what you want to do on your turn, where you want the Ronin to go. The ninja is going to put where they want their ninjas to go. And then, you know, if Ronin can go to a place by themselves with no ninja, they get to activate the special ability of the place. If a ninja goes where the Ronin is, it's going to attack the Ronin, possibly killing it, all that kind of thing. It's a, a really fun game. The rule book is not great, so every time I bring it out, I have to relearn the game, and relearning it is a pain in the neck because the rule book's not good. So not one that we play a ton, but every time I play it, I have a great time, and I like it. So Seven Ronin on the shelf. Yeah, this game is really good. Of course, I love a good Asian theme, but it has that kind of programming bit where you're trying to, again, like outthink, okay, well, they're probably going to play this, so I want to play this particular, like, ninja or ronin to counteract what they're doing or because if you go to the same air like go to the same place because you're kind of strategically moving about this map like that cancels out the action or something i think if i remember correctly no uh yeah (laughs) no uh no you just if you go to the same space as a ninja of the samurai you can't do the action so kind of you're trying to get to places by yourself yeah okay yeah, that's sort of what I said. But yeah, it's good. The artwork is really cool on that one too. I think it looks neat, but maybe that's just my own personal preference. Um, the next one, I thought it was only a two-player game, but apparently you can play it with four. I just think it's not good. <laughs> Most people like it better at two. There are, it's really two-player, but there, ha- there are rules for multiplayers, like free-for-all, Hunter, Hydra, stuff like that. And that game is Hero Realms. So yes, there is also Star Realms. No, we do do not own that. Why? Space games suck. And Chris, I already know you're like, well, you like blah, 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 blah. Yes. Okay. In general, though, I'm anti-space game. I just, I'm over space. I'm like the United States government. Who cares about space? Except for Space Force. (laughs) Yep. So so, um, we have Hero Realms, which is the fantasy-themed version of this deck building game i love deck builders now again i don't generally like direct direct attacking games uh for a while jason super hated this game because i was way awesome at it i whooped his butt every time do you remember that yeah not just not yeah not just whooped like i get two turns and i'm dead like uh that's real fun well you're not play better (laughs) I didn't have a chance to play better. I had two turns. Well, you should have played better in those two turns. I also had two turns, and I obviously <laughs> maximized my two turns. But I Fine. I do love deck building. Um, 
I play like aggro when I play attacking games. So that's probably why. Now, the good thing is there is this cooperative, um, even like legacy mission campaign mode that they have. We own all of those things. We have not played them, <laughs> but we have them. And I think we probably haven't played them because Jason's still sore about getting beaten so badly by me so many times that um, that may be why they have not been explored in a more timely manner. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't even hate this game. I just hate that I'm so bad at it and die all the time. So if we maybe if we play cooperatively, that will be which again is not our thing. But apparently on this game, it needs to be. Yeah, that's the only way I'm going to play it again, I think. Yeah, but I really I, I love the deck building component. I like how cards chain off of each other, how some cards can be used protectively. Um, you can discard them to get other advantages. Like there's a really good like synchronization here with car- like a synergy with the, how the cards work that I I absolutely enjoy and I really want to get it back out. So maybe we do need to just get this campaign going. Probably. Yeah, we also have the the little decks where it can be everybody versus one person. There's like an overlord thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that's what's in the little booster okay. pack decks. But but again, we haven't played those either. So so you want to play that so you can just <laughs> gang up with someone else on. Yes, me. I don't want to be the person getting ganged up on. But sure, I will gang up on the other person. That's fine by me. On me, I know it'll, it's it's me. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean whatever. <laughs> with great power yeah, comes great responsibility. I understand. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, good game. I really like Hero Hero, Hero Realms, even if I can't say it. And I hope we get it back out soon because it's fun. Yep. And the next game on the shelf, we're moving to the games that are on top of the other games. And this game is called Reapers. This is another game that we backed on Kickstarter. It's a little card game. It's like 10 bucks or something, which is probably why I backed it. <laughs> yeah. And this is a trick-taking game, but it you're not on teams. You're doing your own thing. And it plays three to five players, which is also cool. A trick-taking game that plays more than four. I, I approve of that. And what you're trying to do in this is you're trying to score the most points. But the way that works is you're trying to win tricks. Now, that's pretty normal. But when you win a trick, you're going to claim the lowest value card in that trick. So it's not always in your best interest to throw out the highest card because you're going to waste it on maybe a two that's in that trick. If someone sees you play the high card, they're going to throw a two. So you get stuck with two points instead of a bigger point. So you're trying to manage, you know, when to play your high cards, when to play your low cards and all that. There's also reapers that will come in and they are going to automatically take tricks and they're going to be fighting with demons. I don't really remember. I haven't played it for a minute, but there's reapers and demons. They're going to like work together somehow for positive and negative points. So it's a, a, it has basic trick taking rules, but there's a little, deeper like gameplay than normal and i I like that in trick taking games so that's kind of why i dig this one so that is reapers um yeah there it is it has the most adorable artwork i have to say which is maybe part of the reason why we backed it does it have artwork on it well isn't this the one where we got those um like i got the cute little grim reaper with it's walking the corgis oh no that's just a game called reap that's a different game oh okay i don't know this game at all I remember us talking about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds super cool. I don't think I played it with you. Yeah, I've only played it maybe Brandon and Josie or something. Yeah, I, I, I've i only played it like one time or two. Okay, well, I kind of want to play this now because I thought it was a totally different game, number one. It's a good game. I mean, I like trick-taking games. I do, too. It's, I don't think it's not as good as like Indulgence or anything, oh, but it's pretty that. good. It's pretty good. 
or even I don't even think it's as good as the Halloween one, but this one it, it is. That's good. Candy in the Block. It's interesting. Yeah, because that that one I just think is cuter. Like, but this that one, one is you like, do like nothing to it. You do like a drafting thing at the beginning of this, where you're drafting piles of cards, so you're building your own hand before the game starts. So if you do terrible, it's because you picked cards bad at the beginning. So that that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it's good. It sounds good. I can see why you backed it. I just <laughs> never played it. Huh. Learn something new every day. Uh, the last card game, well, the last game is a card game on the shelf. And it's tiny, so it's on top of the other games. But this game is, I really love this game. And you'd think that it's the same kind of theme as our last game, Reapers, but it's not. This game is called Grimm, as in Grimm's Fairy Tales. And so this game was introduced to us by Fan Zero, Mike, who is like awesome just in general. But he brought this game. He always finds these really interesting little games. And this one is no exception. So this is not a two-player game. I think Grimm can play up to five? Four. four. It's four, I believe, yeah. yeah. It is four. And honestly, you want to play it at four. Yeah, agreed. I mean, three is good, but I think four is where it's at. Because a lot more is going on. So Grimm is one of those games where you have um, a hand of cards just like everybody else so these bidding cards everyone has all the same and much like uh, a campy creatures or even a libertalia each round everyone is going to pick a bidding card to try to bid on the card that is up for auction which is like um a prize card we'll say these prize cards are really cool because they work in different ways through like a set collection process so um, maybe you want and, and, and what, what I love, obviously, is there are so many different ways to get points. So maybe you want to collect all these dwarf cards because their value kind of goes up exponentially. Um, maybe you want to go for like the bigger cards where you get like a prince and a princess because they're worth 12 when you combine when they're together. But if you can't get them together, they're worth nothing because what's what's a prince without his princess? I mean, come on, man. Like, it's just, and but everybody else is fighting for those cards, too. And you can see what people have. And so you're like, okay, are they going to play this? Do I want to play this? Because each of, a lot of, not each of them, but several of the bidding cards have special powers on them. Like, uh, I think the stepsister, she becomes more valuable if someone else plays, I don't know, the duck. I can't remember. That's terrible. Yeah, and the the fox chases away the goose or something. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. And then there's a cat that can let you replay another card. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, um, which in again like campy creatures, which is something I really like. It's very similar to that. But then you're also like, let's say we all use the same bidding card. Well, then the card that we tried to win moves up and to like the next round's set of bidding. And you're like, oh, crap, like I wanted that. Now I'm trying, how do I get it in this next round? And like to know when to play the bidding cards at the right time to get the right cards to give you the most points. And it, I mean, it's just a, it's like 60 cards and um, like, but you only play like four rounds and you're just trying to get the most points. And honestly, each round or each turn, I play a card like that's that's it. That's that simple. But the choices that you have to make, oh, it's the dove. Okay, here it is. 
Well, it only shows, yeah, the dove and the stepsister go together. So you've got cards zero through eight and when to play those and how they work together. And oh, man, like it is so good. It's I never heard of it before. It was kind of hard to find, but it is worth it. Like it's super good, easy little game, easy little, you know, tiny pack of cards worth taking anywhere. You know, you want to play with four people. Uh, I think it has some cool artwork. I love it. So that's grim. Yeah, uh, we got the last copy from the board game or the BGG marketplace. It's impossible to find this game now. So sorry, but it's really fun. It's a great game for sure. Oh, that's sad. Thanks, Mike. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. If you are sad that you can't get it, blame Mike for finding such a cool game and bring it to our attention to talk about. But yeah, it's super good. If you're ever around and, you know, we'll bring it so you can play it. Yeah, I'll just keep it in the, I should just start keeping it in the uh, the board game bag in the front so it's always in there. Yeah, it's just, it's really good. And because it's such an easy, like, gameplay, you can get people, like, people pick it up. They're like, oh, okay. And then they're like, oh, oh, how do I get that? Like, the decisions become, it's, yeah, easy to teach weighty decisions i love it yep good game all right so that's the shelf we packed a lot several two players um small little games that are maybe less well known what do you think tell us do you have some of these games do you want some of these games do you want some of these games now and you can't find them we're sorry kind of we can't help it (laughs) it's hard yeah of all of all the games on this shelf the one that i'd recommend the highest would be grim I think that no one can get We're we're great. We're, we're yeah. I, I think it's my favorite game on that shelf. Honestly, it, it is. It's so good. Um, has anyone else played it besides Mike who introduced us to it? Um, do you like it? Do you have you been intrigued by some of these games? Do you think some of these games are crap? I don't care. Tell us about it. We have all not all the social medias, but a whole lot of social medias and Really, they only exist so that we can talk about games with you guys. That's it. That's true. I think we've had that is I think true. We've had a couple new listeners, or when you add like people subscribe to our YouTube channel and some other stuff. So thanks, everybody. Couple new people in the Discord. Couple new people in the Riveted. Yeah, we love that. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, just more people that can recommend good games, um, can talk to us about games. Like that's what I really love is to say, hey, has anybody heard anything about this game? Is it good? Is it not? Like. Um, what's everybody playing uh, just to know what to check out to just inspire each other and um, just be be kind people that talk about a fun hobby that's what we're here for i'm good enough i'm smart enough and doggone it people like me that doesn't make any sense with what i just said i know i i just wanted to say it okay it felt like we were going down that that self-help path so what? that's what i did oh my gosh i give you one week by yourself and now you're like oh look i got all <laughs> kinds of things to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> remember the proportions of the show sorry i'll go back to my 30 percent, and i'll be quiet <laughs> i think that's it for us today i'm starting to get hungry for lunch me too me too korean yeah right. we can go without the kids all right well i've been katie and i'm jason keep gaming everybody keep gaming <laughs>